Hello, superfans. Did you know we use Podbean to host Superfancast? Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out now. Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris. I'm joined by Ray, and this is season one, episode eleven. My vitriol. Yay! This is my beloved wife, who has suffered many years of me going on about my vitriol, and um, also talking about the podcast. She's not. She's not a Superfancast listener. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How many episodes of Superfancast have you listened to? Maybe two or three. <laughs> Do you remember who? You listen to? No. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but it's only because, if I'm very honest, I'm just I just prefer listening to, I don't know. You're not as passionate about music as I am. That's hundred percent true. Yeah. When we first met, the only musicians you'd heard of were <laughs> were the Roots, Backstreet Boys, and Jill Scott. Oh, you're so unfair. But that's true. I mean, some of the music, yeah. You're right. That's what I was listening to at the time. But um, I'm just not very into music, if I'm very honest. And you don't like new music. You prefer familiar music and you don't like to have to do the discovering. That's 100% true. I'd like to be introduced. Yeah. yeah. So you'll listen to new stuff if I listen to it first yeah. and confirm if it's good and yeah. then tell you. Yeah. And not just you. I mean, anyone, anyone. And that's why I love being around, you know, around you because you have introduced me to so many musicians I have never heard of like Led Zeppelin. I who's that? <laughs> but now I love them and and I listen to them. But but I never was the kind of person or still am the kind of person that likes to discover herself. That is so true. Like most of the time, let's admit it. When you come downstairs and I cook or whatever, I often do it in silence. You yeah, it it's true. Uh, and I it blows it still blows my mind after all these years that you can easily spend an entire day in the house alone with no sound just true. silence yeah i could i can or as I, I can't go i can't go 20 minutes without having to put the radio on or yeah. put a cd on or, or something yeah and there's yeah. there's a little bit of guilt though as well with me recently because we have two children and so i consciously have to be aware that it is not the greatest thing to have no music on so i put the radio on and i put obviously nursery rhymes on for them more than for me yeah Okay, so Ray, you are a Kanye appreciator. Yeah, he he he's good. Yeah. Okay, because there's no possible way that we're going to start this episode without having to address uh, the Kanye in the room. You have to call him Ye now. I still think it's too soon for Ye. I still think everyone's saying Kanye. I don't. I don't think the vast majority of people have, have bought into Ye yet. No, but I I recently googled actually Ye just to see whether whether people are posting now with the name Ye, and they do. So I think I think they. I mean, P. Diddy has changed his name a trillion times. Uh, well, he went Puff lot. Daddy, then P. Diddy, P. Diddy and, and then now Diddy. 
All right, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Sound, I thought. Well, about Sno- Snoop Dogg became Snoop Lion, didn't he? Or did he? Did that, he? Was that just a period? Oh, he didn't no know about Snoop Lion. No idea. No, I never. I mean, Kanye. <laughs> yes. Yes. He last Friday. In fact, he's been all over the news a lot. Well, it depends what kind of news you read. I read yeah. very different news to you. Yeah. But he's been all over the news for the last few weeks. He's just becoming. With every day that passes, he becomes more and more, you know, one of the most prominent figures in pop culture. Last Friday, he released a tune with the game called yes. Easy. Yeah, you've listened to it. I love it. Well, I like. It. I really enjoyed listening to it. Mm. I yeah, I thought that it was yeah a few things that he rapped to was was it wasn't great for his private life. I think there's one thing where he's saying that his his children are spoiled and that basically his mother spoiled him rotten and that's i thought oh you know this is a, you're crossing the line a little bit and it was just like one or two sentences but i thought oh you know <laughs> just leave your children out of it but the music itself i mean it sounded nice i think he was he used to be a little bit better when it comes to rapping now you know his first album was just so incredible his rapping was just on point and this isn't as good i think but still i would enjoy listening to it yeah, yeah i like it i like it as well but i find that i find the lyrics quite uncomfortable just yeah. just a few few lines though mm, really I think, no? no i think a, i think almost 50 percent of his verse is talking about you know the nannies are a waste of time because the cameras do the babysitting he says kids need to do more chores he says the divorce is uh, we, we'll go through the we'll go to the court together about his divorce uh, he says he's going to kick pete davidson's ass i mean that's just embarrassing why does he even say that yeah but the way you say it it sounds like you know as if he was uh now it, it sounds better when he you know rapping is a little bit of, it's always a bit of dissing no i mean a little bit of dissing is here and there not all rap of course but you know you, you you are allowed in, in this genre you know i mean him rapping about his divorce fine you know i mean this is what he's going through but um his children just come on now <laughs> his yeah. nanny and children no yeah actually before all this this easy the song's called easy in yeah. case you before all this easy stuff happened uh the last 10 days i've been listening to a lot of kanye because i felt that he's becoming a really important figure in pop culture and one of those artists that 10 years from now well, more than 10 years 20 20 30 years from now people will look back and look at the impact that Kanye West had on on popular culture and so I thought I just don't know enough of his music I listened to College Dropout when it came out and I listened to Donda didn't like Donda uh, so I wanted to listen to everything in between so I'm about four or five records in but I, and I must say I've got criticisms I think that like you say College Dropout was great, and I think his rapping in that was really great. I think yeah. that not it's not always that great, though. I think his flow is, can definitely be criticised. I think he sometimes throws far too many syllables into a sentence, and it doesn't sound, it doesn't flow quite right. Uh, but I think the production quality of his music is fantastic, yeah. and he's a real creative artist. Like He really pushes boundaries and, and tests himself and has great ideas and... That's, that's what I appreciate about it. I personally think that at this cur- current point, because in the past everyone thought that he's a genius, and then it turned into him being sort of this joker of a rapper kind of thing. Not a because a parody of, of himself. Yeah, which because of his private life and, you know, I mean, he has mental health issues, you know. So this is where he sort of 
you know, stood until recently, I think. And now I think there is a Netflix special coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think that is going to change people's view of uh, Kanye again. Yeah. Yay, I'm again. excited about that. Yeah, I think then people will change their views and yeah. um, and then see him for who he is again, I think, as the, the slightly crazy yet very creative genius, you know. Last Friday wasn't a complete disappointment, though, after Easy came out because Corday's second studio album came out which i reviewed on the superfancast blog so if you haven't read the review please go to superfancast.blogspot.com we both really liked corday's album oh yeah i well i listened to it once so to be honest i can't say too much yeah lyricism is not as is not what it once was in the 90s people were so focused on yeah just coming up with the sickest lyrics and the sickest flow and yeah. and now that doesn't sit that seems to be second yeah to yeah <laughs> listening to gunner rap it just makes no sense it's just it's just nonsensical and and stupid and yeah. and i'm not saying his music is stupid i'm saying what he's rapping about and the the words that he's using he's got he hasn't got the vocabulary that some of these guys the, the people used to have and that was what really attracted me to hip-hop um you know some of my favorite artists growing up british artists but some of my favorite artists growing up jest kalashnikov task force they just had such broad vocabularies and they really prided themselves in that and they would always you know, come completely left field you would never what the words they used to, to rhyme you'd never expect that word to appear and corday is the same i think yeah, corday's got he's really clever with his with his rhyming and he really likes to mix it up yeah he uses lots of different um lots of different rhyme sequences and he changes his flow and he changes his changes his tempo and yeah, I, I like that. He even managed to get Stevie Wonder yeah. onto his album. I mean, we saw him, didn't we, back in whenever it was, 2018, 2019, yeah, yeah. on TV doing his cover of My Name Is by Eminem. Yeah. And we both said at that time, he is didn't good. We? we said, oh, this kid's really good. And He's... he was so young then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh, wow, he is really good. For me personally, I mean, to be honest, I don't know much about Gunna or a lot of the new hip hop scene really for me it's just noise <laughs> like a lot of the music Mumble is rap. just yeah it's just noise but the, th the thing is i grew up in germany my english was really bad actually i was the worst in my class um so much so that my my teacher came to me and put, pulled me aside once and said yeah are, are you right <laughs> because in the, in the final exam <laughs> i think there was the question was uh, what's your name and i said uh, i'm i'm fine or something <laughs> so he's like are you sure are you okay <laughs> and so when i grew up the one band that i always listened to um then and now is the roots i love the roots uh, but I acknowledged then even, you know, I couldn't, I didn't understand a word, but I acknowledged that it, it's good music, you know, whether it's the beat and, and everything. But with Ghana, I just hear noise, you mm. know. So to step away from hip hop for a minute, other music I've been listening to this week, Kings of Leon, been listening to Come Around Sundown. In fact, we listened to Come Around Sundown the other day as well. And you said, which album is this? Because it's brilliant. It is one of it's definitely one of my favorites. I think Kings of Leon fans are uh, a little bit divided when Only by the Night came out and it was such a, a pop sensation. Mm. And so I think that there were like these hardcore Kings of Leon fans that kind of feel that anything that came out beyond Only by the Night is a different era of Kings of Leon. And I do get that because I can't relate to the stuff before Only Only mm. by the Night, which I've listened to a few of those albums and they don't do it for me. 
Come around sundown and listen to this week. I love it really much. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it really much. Yeah, that that's, that's probably <laughs> you got it from me. That was my sentence, probably. <laughs> and you correct me. That's probably what you said yeah. in your final exam. <laughs> yeah, right. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. There's a track on their birthday. I love. I love. There's a song called Mi Amigo. I think. Is there a song called Mi Amigo? Yeah. So one last thing was I got sent a track. Got sent a track by an Italian prog rock band called Jana Draker or Jana Draker. It's a single from them that came out a couple of weeks ago, last week of December. It's called Leaves. So uh, my thoughts on Leaves by Jana Draker is instrumentally, it's fun and interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Opeth, who admittedly I haven't listened to for decades. Uh, I didn't listen to them that much back then. So I hope I'm on the right track there. It does sound like a bit like Opeth, though. In that it's kind of like it's prog rock, but it's all, it's a little bit orchestral in its mm. arrangements. And that sounds good. I like the the irregular drum patterns and uh, the vocals I'm not buying into that much. They're multi-layered with two or three different vocalists at some times. They're very clean and prominent vocals that might need a bit of toning down to bring them into the music, whereas they're currently kind of sitting on top of it. It's a seven-minute song, so it is true to their prog rock exemplaries. Uh, yeah, it's, musically it's good. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of the lyrics. I, I like the music. I listened to their... They had a, a debut album out in 2019 called Where the Journey Begins. I did take a little listen to that. And yeah, kind of the same criticisms. I, I really like the instrumentation. Less of the vocals. But there's uh, some really funky organ on that on that debut album as well that you want to check out. So yeah, that's that. That's me. What Have you been Have you been listening to anything? Have the Roots. Deep Silence. No. Well, I do sometimes listen to stuff. Yeah. But recently, I, uh, recently I'm going through the root space again. Yeah. But also Led Zeppelin this week. Mm. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that and a lot of just well some other things, but it's not really music. What's that? There's this there's this guy on YouTube called Einzelgänger, and he is just so good. Just him talking and you know um, basically talking about uh, philosophy and the different theories and and how to apply it sort of in everyday life. And I just think, oh, I love this little bit of calm with the two children that we have. This is always nice. <laughs> All right. My Vitriol formed in 1998 when friends Som Wardner and Ravi Kesavaram recorded a five-track demo of shoegaze-influenced post-grunge hard rock called Delusions of Grandeur. After recruiting Seth Taylor on guitar and Carolyn Bannister on bass, the group released their debut album Fine Lines in March 2001. The album peaked at number 24 on the UK album charts and hosted five singles that did increasingly well, but none higher than Grounded at number 29. After a number of years of extensive touring, the band took a hiatus. There were talks of a follow-up album in 2004, but nothing surfaced. Lineup changes took place in 2005 and an EP was released in 2007. In 2013, a Pledge Music campaign was started to fund a second album. This was released in 2016 after multiple delays and criticisms from backers and the press. My Vitriol are still performing to date, but nothing further has been released. And that is a quick introduction to My Vitriol. My, fa oh, my favourite band? Fine Lines is my favourite album of all time. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> and there's... There's nothing I can do to stop that. And it's brought me pain sometimes because I, there's a, sometimes I don't listen to other music that I should be listening to because I just want to listen to Fine Lines again. There is not a week as, since I first discovered that album, definitely not a week 
uh, at the most a week is the longest it's ever been that I've gone without listening to it uh, it's and that's amazing for one album when, when when did you discover the album so there's kind of two answers to that because I in fact I'll tell you the whole the whole story fine okay <laughs> <laughs> so the whole story is when my vitriol came out when they were around 2000 2001 I remember always your way uh, it was a great tune I had the single, the CD single, which I would have picked up from Slipped Discs, which was our local record store. And I loved that song. And I don't really remember much else. I remember the B-side to Always Your Way was an acoustic version of Losing Touch. Now, there were loads of releases of Always Your Way. If you if you look on Discogs, there were several different versions of it that came out. But there was one version that had a B-side of uh, an acoustic version of Losing Touch. And I really loved that. So I played that CD a lot. So how old were you then? 15 okay 16 yeah. 15 16 but i never i never bought the album so i never listened to fine lines i don't know why maybe always at that time the single didn't make that much of an impact on me then i went through to like 2017 was it maybe 2017 mm. and i was just listening back to musicians i liked at that time i remembered my vitriol downloaded fine lines we started listening to it and it took a little while, I think, but I think Fine Lines does. It's not it's not an instant hit for anyone. It does take a bit of time. And also because it's an it's an album in the old school traditional sense. It's not a collection of sixteen songs. It's an album that you play beginning to end. And so it did take a little while to, to get into it, but then since then, I would say at least since twenty eighteen, so at least the last four years, it's been just non stop. I just cannot stop. And then the the really funny thing is we moved house 18 months yeah. ago and when we were moving house we were going through some boxes when we were packing up and I was looking through some old photos and I found a photo fairly close up of my vitriol on stage so I'm, I definitely saw them and I know now from having looked at stuff it must have been uh, V Festival possibly 2001 um, I went to I, I, mean, I definitely went to V Festival 2000 2001 2002 so uh, I think 2001 was the year they were there. So I, I saw them at V Festival. But again, for whatever reason, at that point in my life, they didn't click for me. I didn't dig further into them. But now I'm just blown away by, by that record. Oh, wow. I can't believe you didn't mention that the, the tear that you have in your eyes when you saw the, vi the the picture. You saw the picture and you thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I don't remember. Because you just... <laughs> Because you just desperately want to see them live, don't yeah. you? You just desperately want to see them live. And so, and you keep on going on about, I want to see them live for the last few years. And then you see a picture mm. of yourself actually having seen them live and not appreciated them yeah. when you were so young. And I don't want to steal too much of the content from the main, from the main show, but actually I, I want to see them live in 2001. That's the thing. I, I want to go back and see them live. It's like when Led Zeppelin reformed. I don't want to see Led Zeppelin now. Why I not? want to see Led Zeppelin in the 70s. But why not? Well, well, so, well, it's different for reasons for Led Zeppelin and my vitriol. Led Zeppelin's not the same band now for a start. Yeah, well. You know, John Bonham's not with us. And Robert Plant doesn't have the same voice as he had in the 70s. And there are a bunch of old guys. It's not got the same sexual magic that they had in, in the 70s. <laughs> uh, my vitriol, kind of similar reasons. If you listen to Secret Sessions from 2016, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it in too much detail now because we'll talk about this later. But if you listen to Secret Sessions, their, their 2016 record, Som's voice is not the same as it was. It was 16 years after they've recorded Fine Lines. My voice is not the same as it was 16 years ago. But it still um, would be incredible to see them 
It would still be incredible to see them live, yeah. you know. And you would still, you would still be really. And it's also excited. not the same band, you know. Carolyn Bannister's not with them. Seth is occasionally with them. It seems that the new, the current band is really Som and Ravi. Right. It's not the Fine Lines era. Well, yeah. you introduced me to Fine Lines. Yeah. A few years ago, and then you you did the thing that he, you do it all the time, right? Where you introduce me to a song, and then you just are like half a meter away from me just staring at me saying and 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 what do you think and if i don't appreciate it which is most of the time the case because i it really one has to introduce me to a, an album and i have to listen to it again and again and then i will appreciate it and now i ask for the album sometimes don't i now i think okay i would like uh, i'm in the mood of uh, listening to fine lines yeah so Yeah, it's a it's a great album. It's a great album. I really really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, so this episode is slightly different in that uh, the super fan for this episode is me. My vitriol are my favorite band. So Ray's formulated five questions to help us discover a little bit more about the band and to test me on how well I know my vitriol. Five questions right, and I will earn the label of superfan. And anything less than that, uh, Ray can decide what I am. Right. Well, you definitely are really in love with the with the album, with the band. But the only thing that matters is whether I'm a superfan or not. Yeah, no. that's true. That's true. I think you will get it right, but uh, let's see, because I assume you've done quite a bit of research just for this episode. But in general, you, you always looked into my vitriol didn't yeah. you so yeah but i've never been on this end of the um yeah this end of the stick before on matt's end where i don't know what the questions are so i'm yeah uh, maybe i haven't got a clue but anyway i'm ready okay so first question which venue did my vitriol play in the most venue did they play in the most yeah one there is one way like, like categorically there's there's a venue that they played in they had Yeah, more gigs there than they had in other venues. Uh, I genuinely don't know. Uh, oh, so I'm, I'm uh, good. <laughs> London Astoria. No. Oh. I yeah, I don't First know. First question, yeah. I this is it. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Uh, Coco. It's a Camden venue. Amy Winehouse played on, of course, Amy Winehouse. She's from Camden, isn't she? Kanye West has also played in uh, the Coco venue. Um, Madonna, Ed Sheeran, or and Rolling and, and Stones. And my vitriol played a lot of. Yeah. yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, and they loved it. They loved the venue because it's a beautiful I venue. Never, I would never have known. I Honestly, would never have known. I, I, well, to be honest, I I never heard of the venue, but I don't know much about music, and um, I looked at the the whole well the the venue and it's so beautiful. And in gen uh, in, I think January twenty uh, twenty, there was a fire. And uh, my vitriol actually posted uh, on Instagram saying, you know, how sad they are that their favorite, you know, not, I don't know if they said favorite, but they said the most played. And I think, yeah, they love, they love mm. the venue. So they were really sad that it caught fire and they just wanted to shout out to the, to the venue and saying, you know, yeah. So actually this year they will reopen again, mm -hmm. um, you know, big renovation, 70 million uh, pound it's a very important venue london venue yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah yeah All right. oh well, I'm, a, i'm a fraud so far oh my gosh unbelievable yeah. it could have i mean they 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 toured so much 
they gigged they, they so did, much. They in did. 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah, I think until true. 2002, they were just nonstop, nonstop gigging. Yeah, that's um, true. Which is part of the reason why they why they burnt out. Yeah. Um, especially like year 2000, they played. I mean, year, year 2000 was the year their debut album came out. Um, and when when you think like two years prior, they weren't even a band. And so their debut album came out, and then in year two thousand they played Leeds Leeds and Reading Festival, Tea in the Park, Festi Mad, which I've never heard of, but I saw it online. It was a, a Madrid festival, but um, you know they played alongside at Festi Mad. They played alongside Slipknot and Manic Street Preachers and Muse, so pretty big names. And then you know again that year two thousand they were supporting Deftones, they were supporting Placebo, Manic Street Preachers, mm-hmm. Garbage, so. Oh, there was non-stop touring yeah. and um, yeah just, just to have gone from nothing just to 24 months before they yeah. weren't weren't even a band and then to have been you know the, Chino Moreno from Deftones was uh, was quoted several times on saying how much he loved My Vitriol um, he described Fine Lines as uh, his quote was an incredible piece of work he invited the band to come and play with Deftones in 2001 uh, in a, on a French interview that I found badly translated into English, but <laughs> on a French interview I found from 2001 with Som, he'd said that Chino Moreno had invited uh, him to him and the band to collaborate with Chino's Team Sleep project. Chino said he liked the sound of my vitriol's guitars and asked him asked them if they could teach him some tricks on how to get the guitars to sound that way. Yeah, so for someone like Chino Moreno from the Deftones, and at that point you know 2000 deftones were or maybe come to the end of their peak but they were still ma- a massive american band and my vitriol were a you know tiny four piece from the uk who had released one album got signed after seven gigs were just nobodies and um yeah yeah because they're they're so talented yeah and i must say now that i made a bit of research for the show um there are so many people that Think the same thing that it's one of the best albums yeah you know at that time and yeah at that time at the time there yeah. were quotes from like i mean so i saw many. quotes from shirley manson from garbage matt bellamy from muse um yeah deftones like we said but some some big names who had said yeah. wow these guys are going to be the next big thing these guys are amazing and yeah and the thing and yeah. the sad thing is though if if the maybe i assume the the labels weren't too greedy and letting them breathe and rest in between, they probably would have been massive and, mm. you know. Yeah, I think, well, I don't think, I, we know, I think it's, uh, you know, Som's not been very quiet about it in that the reason they stopped and they, they had a long hiatus was they were completely burned out. Som was totally stressed and not happy. Understand. Not happy working yeah. anymore. It was, you know, he, there was an interview with Steve Lamack um, where Song was saying they were working 16-hour days and he'd said, this isn't what I expected, this is not what yeah. I ever wanted. And he definitely seems like, I can't speak for the rest of the band because 90% of, of interviews that, that you read are with Song, but he definitely seems like somebody who could not care less about the money or the fame. Like, he, he didn't start a band for money and fame. He started a band because it was an expression of his musical expression and that's yeah well that's, that's why he did it yeah. that's where his genius come from isn't yeah. it because yeah. it sounds like as if he really just loves what he's doing and then yeah. you should encourage that and not just 
beat it down with a work i guess <laughs> you know yeah other um interesting gigs they did they did the mtv five night stand which was a series of shows over well i think it ran for four or five years and it was five nights that mtv hosted in london the year that my vitriol played they held it in a place called Ocean in Hackney, which I've not heard of. Have you heard of Ocean no, in Hackney? Yeah. They used to hold it at Shepherd's Bush Empire. And then the year that uh, My Vitriol played, which was 2002, yeah, 2002, um, it moved to Ocean. It was five consecutive nights and they played alongside Garbage, Vex Red, Cooper Temple Claws, Super Fairy Animals. Essentially every band that I was listening to in 2002. Oh, wow. So I should, <laughs> I should have gone to the MTV Definitely. Five Nights then. It so where, yeah, where were you then? <laughs> uh, or did you did you back then knew about about the gig? I think no, no, no I don't think so. Oh, but right. but I mean, I knew about all those bands. Um, Vex Red is another one of those bands that we should talk about one day on the podcast. In that no, they didn't make it big at all. But there was a few songs by Vex Red that I loved. They had a single called "Can't Smile," which I played on repeat for for weeks. What happened to them now? No, I don't think probably, much happened to them. <laughs> probably also burned out, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm uh, I'm ready to redeem myself. Okay. Question two. Yeah. My vitriol performed always your way on the popular show uh, Top of the Pops in February 2001. And my question is, where did my vitriol originally meant to play that night? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. And also, I... and also, did they play? In yeah. Did they cancel that? I feel that, that, I have a I have a vague memory of this story. Uh, I have a vague memory of some saying that they all had to jump in a taxi last minute and and they arrived at the top of the pops and it was super late. But I can't rem I, I cannot remember where were they meant to. Oh my god! What's the answer? You really don't know. All oh, right, London uh, Astoria. Yeah. Oh so basically, what god. happened was. That it was a last minute thing, the top of the pop. I remember, I remember him saying yeah. at some point it was last minute. Was and They last didn't know minute. about it, and, and then... they just like you know what? They were actually um, um, having a sound check at the London Astoria, and then they were told, "Come, let's quickly go to the top of the pops." So they jumped on on a motorbike, not um, a taxi, oh, and then just rushed to uh, top of the pops, did the gig, smashed. Uh, well, I know Ravi uh, yeah, broke the skin on his uh, on his snare. Didn't yeah, he? he just like because they insisted because they they were I think they were asked whether they want to do it live or yeah, not, they and they insisted, insisted they want to play yeah play live. Good on them. And then he smashed the drum and he said, "I'm out." And then they had to ru uh, rush back to uh, London Astoria. So they did two gigs. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. But that's also why they uh, burned out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't even know. It sounds like as if they didn't even know that they had to. Uh, another gig of course if there is a record label any record label would uh, want to squeeze you know an artist into p top of the pops if they can but yeah it might have been too much you yeah. know doing that all the time maybe yeah. it would have been too much. and it wasn't it wasn't their best performance as well the one on top of the, the first one on top of the pops when they they went back a few months later uh, yeah. i think in may yeah i think in may that year and they played grounded yeah and they're they Grounded on top of the pops was really good. I thought that performance was really good. I think Seth was amazing in there, and yeah, Ravi was awesome. I think the the performance for Always Your Way was a little bit tired. Some was wearing a homemade T-shirt that said One Hit Wonder on it. Do you, do you think it was a homemade T-shirt? I think that it's a white T-shirt that he's used black duct tape to, oh, right. to spell out. Yeah, One it was. Yeah, I did it. say that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah and obviously Ravi smashed smashed the skin on, broke the skin on one of his drums. Brilliant, and, brilliant. Yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't a perfect performance, but... But I, I liked it. I, I watched it and I liked it, actually. Yeah. yeah, I still liked it very much, yeah. But anyway, it, that is my favorite song off the band, so... Yeah, yeah, it's an out and out hit. Like it's it's a everything about it is a is a is a smash hit. Always yeah. your way. It's just a perfect pop pop rock song. Do you know what it, what it refers to the song? As a got, side note, has it got a meaning behind it? Yeah. No, I yeah. wouldn't know if it's got a meaning behind it. I don't. I'm not. I don't find them a very lyrics driven band. And a lot, a lot of the time, I might sing along and not really take in what the lyrics are about. They're a, they're a guitar driven band, and it's Seth and Son's guitar playing yeah. that. That really pulls you in. In fact, all the musicians, with the exception of, not that there's anything against Carolyn, but I think that the bass just doesn't play a, a massively prominent role in the band. I think Ravi's drumming is is insane. He's a massively underrated drummer, massively underrated. He's so heavy hitting, such a powerful drummer. It's like his snare sometimes sounds like a shotgun. It like, hits you in the chest. I love that. And uh, Som's voice, Som's voice is. Yeah, it's just beautiful uh, but it's it's a voice that was perfect at the time of fine lines it was youthful unfortunately oh. he's well he's you know he's early 40s now and he doesn't sing it's not his fault he but, just doesn't sing in the same way that he did 20 years ago did you listen but li- did you listen to anything yeah like live? I mean, see, i'm talking about live yeah recently live yeah because uh, you love you you love listening to no but live. if you listen to secret sessions from okay. 2016 good as it is his voice is not the same voice that was on fine lines it has right. changed it's right. it's matured you know and you can't get away from that uh, i think his voice was perfect at the time of fine lines for me yeah um, and seth's guitar yeah. playing was uh, was a, a massive ingredient in fine lines what about his guitar playing now well he didn't play on a lot of secret sessions only about 50 percent of the tracks had seth on it and i don't know about live performances i don't know if any recent performances I mean, recent, like 2018. I think yeah. they played together in 2018. Um, 2017. 2017. Yeah. I don't know if Seth has always been there with them. Yeah, time, times yeah. have changed a, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, so basically the song is about uh, borderline personality disorder. Oh, right. Yeah. And I really had to uh, listen, after hear, well, reading the fact, um, I really had to listen to the song again and the lyrics because I thought, well, that's a long a love song. I didn't know it can't be. I would have thought it was a love song. Yeah, yeah and and yeah, now it, really reading the lyrics, uh, it makes sense. And actually, it's beautiful now. Now that I know that it's about a border, uh, yeah. Um, I'll re-listen to it with that. With that. In yeah, mind. you should. You yeah. should, and really look at the lyrics, and then you think, oh man. So we've got some of the lyrics here. So. We've got, um, another day is gone, some other time maybe I'd come out and step into the sun. A little time ago I didn't want to see us falling out, but everything has gone. I mean, I sp- yeah, I don't know why I ever thought it was a love song, to be honest, because when, <laughs> yeah. when you read it like that, it doesn't sound very loving. Yeah. But um, I think I always assumed it was, not a love song, but a, a, a relationship song. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah, singing, yeah. singing to a woman, uh, a partner, I should say. Yeah. Singing to a partner that... Um, about their differences. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, I should have said love song. But I suppose it's it's talking about your struggles with yourself. Yeah, and I love that. I love that even more now. Yeah. Now I love that song even more, knowing that it's actually uh, about oneself. Yeah, it's I interesting it. because I think that the whole album, as a piece, yeah, is is probably considered as a as a breakup album. Right. It's a lot of emotion, a lot of love and oh, heartache. Oh, I see. Um, and I and I probably would have said 
maybe not individual songs, but certainly as an album, it's it's a breakup album. Oh right. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Oh, but right. but, maybe, but maybe it's not though. Maybe it's maybe it's it is heartache, but it's not about him and somebody else. It's about struggling with his own emotions uh, mm. and being himself. Have you wa- have you watched the video clip, uh, the, the music video for Always Your Way? Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, that you know again, knowing that it's about a borderline um, borderline personality disorder, I love the video clip so much. Basically, it's about a guy who's trying to jump out of the building, mm. and so there was a crowd built, uh, you know, a crowd watching him, and uh, the band is th- there as well, you know, just observing, observing, and then you realize, you know, with the clever way how the camera is um yeah, how the camera moves you realize actually it's not he's not really in the building but he's actually on the floor pretending that he's high up in a, in a building pretending to uh, jump so the police comes and they <laughs> have a ladder but the ladder goes not up right so it's just gonna put they just put it on the floor and they climb up but actually it's not really climbing it's crawling to the person and then they <laughs> sort of Almost pre- yeah, pretend rescue him, rescue him cl- uh, crawling back together, and then st- just standing up and just walking away. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You've definitely thought about st- certain aspects of their art in ways that I haven't thought about it. Their lyrics, the meanings of songs, the meanings of videos. I mean, if, even though I think about the video for Grounded, which is the guy driving, oh, keeps yeah. driving in circles. I'm a, I'll check. I'll fact check after this. <laughs> I'm sure it's the video for Grounded where the guy is in the car and he keeps pulling up at the petrol station and he's annoyed. It's why is it the same petrol station? I, I, I keep going to the same place and he can't seem to get out of this loop. I've never really thought about what it means or cared what it means because I think I'm too into the music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that makes it even nicer, no? I love it. Anyway, sure, let's go to the... Crikey, yeah, we better move on, eh? Because I need to get a point. <laughs> I need to get a point or we're going to lose all our listeners. They're going to go, this guy's a, a fraud. Give me an easy win. So the next question is a quote from a review and I'll read the review uh, and you'll have to tell me from which song. What song they're talking about. Yeah, what song they're talking about. Okay. Okay, cool. So Beep is my vitriol with their faces planted directly down on their shoes. An ocean of guitar collide against the drums while some achingly sighs in an indecipherable manner trying his hardest to create loveless in under three minutes oh wow should I read it again no no I got you I got you I, I'm trying to think of uh, I was gonna say alpha waves until you said some size in an indecipherable manner because I don't think some opens his mouth in alpha waves but then everything else you said suggests it's alpha waves looking at the effects pedals trying to recreate it's, it's a it's a no uh, it's, it says, it's it as close as that record comes to uh, my bloody Valentine. Oh, it's a very, it's a very, it, I mean, it's a very interesting quote. <laughs> it incorporates a lot of things that you could you could say about a lot of different songs. Is that is that too broad that quote or? No, I think it, there's so much said there. Right. I think to to give you the answer, I want to say Alpha Waves, but unfortunately, there's no there's no voice on Alpha Waves. I'm gonna have to go for a track that's got lyrics in it. Under the wheels, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. Under the wheels is the last track on the record. That's on correct. Fine lines. Yeah. And towards the end of the record, I, I see fine lines split into like three sections. Right. Really. So I'm in my wheelhouse now to be able to talk about the the sequencing of of 
fine lines. So I see fine lines split into three sections, really, and they're, they're defined by three of the greatest rock songs of all time. And that's Always Your Way. It's the first, first section. Yeah, I love that song. Second section is Ode to the Red Queen, mm-hmm. which is probably my second favourite rock song of all time. Right. And the third section is Losing Touch, which is my first. It's the Losing Touch is such an amazing song. And it's an absolute mystery to me that that wasn't a chart topper. Um, in fact, they didn't release it as a single, which is why it wasn't a chart topper, but it, why it wasn't a, a radio hit for them. You know, a deep cut that, that ended becoming a, um, you know, a, a rock rock station hit. Right. Uh, no one plays that song. And it's, it's phenomenal. Anyway, the... The album's kind of split into three sections and the sequencing is very clever on fine lines. And the first section, defined by Always Your Way, because Always Your Way brings in that section, is then just a series of of real pop rock hits with Always Your Way, Cemented Shoes, Gentle Art of Choking, Grounded. They're all pop songs. And then Ode to the Red Queen kind of brings in this middle section of the record, which is a bit more introspective. And then that last yeah. section is, yeah, with, with Losing Touch... And Taprobane is the is the small little track that comes before Losing Touch that kind of Taprobane kind of sets you up for that because Losing Touch is such a hard hitting tune and Taprobane eases you in doom, 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 and it makes you think oh okay we've got something serious coming now <laughs> and Losing Touch kicks in and then all the tracks after that pieces and uh, falling off the floor and under the wheels they just get more and more exactly what that quote is is telling you yeah more looking at the floor at your guitar pedals. Yeah and more shoegazy yeah. yeah i may just say that uh you have the biggest smile because you just love this album so much isn't it yeah Look at you. i love this album you just so have much. such a great yeah. time talking about it no mm. yeah. <laughs> just like wow and, and also under the just back to under the wheels as well since that's the the answer to the question the ending of the end of under the wheels is one of the most perfect endings to any album ever the thing, the thing with fine lines is you know when it starts and you know when it ends. Mm, right, it's, yeah. it's got a, such a clear... The whole album flows so well. Mm. Alpha Waves as the opening track is is clearly an introductory track. It's it's exact, It does that so perfectly well. Right. It introduces an album. And you could never have that on any record other than the first track. It just wouldn't work. You know? Right. You couldn't, you couldn't do a best of... There's no way you could ever do a best of My Vitriol because... Every track on Fine Lines is positioned there for for a reason, right? And it serves a That's purpose. Good. And then the last track being Under the Wheels, the way that it slowly gets louder and louder, and at the end it's just this cacophony of distortion, and and you can't even make out the drum sound anymore. And then it and then it cuts out, and and you know that's it. It's the end. Fine, like the book has been closed. Lovely. You are in love. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I should get jealous, honestly. Like for real. <laughs> Do you uh, do you like it? Have you you've listened no, I, to it? Yeah, I've listened to it. I think thanks to you, we've listened to it so many times when we go on road trips and whatnot. You know, from the beginning to the end. Because if I would ever want to mm. listen to um, "Always Your Way" twice, because that is my favorite song of the album, you would just get a fit. I think you would just. I think lose it doesn't it. work. I think certain certain albums and certain artists you can do that. Um, and uh, I'm not. You know, I am I'm a slight hypocrite. There are times I'll listen to Losing Touch on its own or I'll listen to Ode to the Red Queen on its own. But really, nine times out of ten, if you've got the time, you want to listen Alpha Waves all the way through. Yeah, but I love the album. I must say, yeah. I love the album. Yeah. It, it, it took me a... Uh, yeah. It took me a little while to, to, uh, to appreciate it. Yeah. 
but now I really like it. So okay. sometimes when, when, when it, when you just put it on and just, just a few seconds in, I'm like, oh great, yeah. good, good, yeah. That's the depending on the mood that we are in, right? So if if I'm in the right mood, I'm like, yeah, good choice, good choice of music, yeah, yeah. Let's just listen to that one, yeah. There's a Radio One interview with some, um, 2001 or something, just after the album came out, and in talking about they've got they've got a few about four tracks on the album that are very short short pieces up up to i think the longest is about a minute and a minute and 20 seconds and they work as kind of transitions between sections of the album kind of work like palate cleansers you know where you've been listening to something that's a bit emotional and you're going to go to something a bit harder like i said when you move from windows and walls to losing touch right mm. tongue tied to losing touch yeah um You've got a, you've got a little palate cleanser in there. Um, you've got a few of those: Coldstream, Taprobane, Cor, and um, questioned on that. Som said that him and the rest of the band were very into film scores. They liked listening oh. to film scores. Oh right. And the way that they they flow through, you know, if you listen to the score, yeah, away from the movie, you can you can hear there's a beginning and there's bits in the movie That's that right. pick up and That's bits that right. go down. And they were inspired by that. In oh, making I love lines. that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and you can definitely hear that in the record. You can hear that they've, you know, probably more so than any other album I own, you can hear the en- the effort that's gone into the sequencing. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Great. Phew. One point. <laughs> well, let's see about this one now. Okay. Question four. So my vitriol had three songs that were in the top 75 here in the UK. Mm-hmm. That was Always Your Way, um, Grounded, and mood swings, the gentle art of choking. And do you know what was the highest position of each track? Of all three of them? Yeah. I, have, I have to get all three to get a point. I'm your husband. Okay, okay, then let's, <laughs> let's say you have to have one right. Okay. Well, so you I, have three chances. Yeah, Grounded got them to 29, I believe. Oh, that's correct? Yeah, because that was their highest chart position. That, that's the high, They never got higher than 29. Okay, what about Always Your Way? It was in the 30s, I think. It was... 35? No, 31. Oh, really? And, and, and I'm annoyed now. This is my favorite song, Always Your Way. 31 and 29 is pretty much the same. Come on. Yeah. It's the same. And and what about the other one? Um, gentle Art of Choking. Yeah. I don't know where the Gentle Art of Choking got. To be, I have no idea where the Gentle Art of Choking got. No. 39. That's also oh, pretty. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, really that's good. good. Yeah. 39. I'm very... I'm, I'm very surprised that Always Your Way didn't do better for them, to be honest. Yeah. And because that, that's the song that I remember as a kid. That's the one that that's the one that got me into my vitriol. Right. That's the one that back in 2017 or whenever it was when I started thinking about my vitriol, that's the song I thought of. I thought, oh, I remember that song, Always Your Way. Let's look what these guys are doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised that didn't do better for them. I never, I never knew that Grounded was released as a single, to be honest, until recent years. Right. But it, I think it does make sense. Grounded is a pop song and... Um, it's much more accessible. It's much softer than Always Your Way. And I think that a, a pop audience that are not necessarily into that post-grunge rock sound, right. it's it's easier for them. Very clear lyrics. Uh, Song's voice is very easy to understand. You can sing along to it. It's got, it's got you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's it's a radio hit. Right. Yeah. Well, well. But Always Your Way is a phenomenal song. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I'll yeah. give you that but point. I get the point. Yeah, the I'll get the I mean, point. Yeah, but... come on. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. So you get two two questions so far, right? On on charts, 
so fine lines didn't break any break any boundaries or anything um it should have done a lot better which also goes it says a lot more about you know we were talking before, previously about musicians who looked up to my vitriol and said they were going to be the next big thing a lot of those comments came after fine lines was released and was not a big hit didn't do badly it got them it got them recognized but it wasn't i think people were probably I think the stars that were into them, people in the industry that were into my vitriol, were probably thinking, the next album, that's the one. Right. That's the one that's going to do it for us. But uh, the next album didn't come for another 16 years. <laughs> I think, now this is now, what, 20 years? When was the release? It's now 20, been 21 20, years. 21 yeah, years. Since, since came yes, out. Yeah. I mean, 21 years, and people still talk about the album, mm. still talk about my vitriol. So, although they have not been, like, massive, Within the industry, I think they're very respected, and that album is like really loved by so many artists. So yeah. that's great, you know. So we should we should probably say a little bit about the genre, in that if you search for new gaze on Wikipedia, you'll see in the first paragraph on the Wikipedia page it mentions that the term came from an interview with my vitriol Son Wardner when he was questioned on the fact that their music was inspired by shoegaze. So shoegaze was uh, a, a musical movement from It spanned a, a long period from the late 80s to the kind of mid-90s and it was epitomized by um, people that were f heavily effects-laden guitar-based bands that spent a lot of their time staring at their shoes and that's where the term shoegaze came from because they were looking down at the floor at their effects pedals and it kind of slowly got more and more about you know, more guitar, more layers of guitars and more effects until a, a lot of bands were making just just oceans of guitar noise and it's it's you either love it or you hate it i, I really like shoegaze music but the shoegaze movement had kind of died trickled out a little bit by the time my vitriol came out and my vitriol are not a shoegaze band but they certainly sounded as if they were heavily influenced by that genre and when questioned on it some had played on the fact that we were currently in the thick of this awful movement called new metal Which was, <laughs> which I'm sure everyone remembers, new metal, uh, Limp Bizkit and Papa Roach, and it was new metal, Linkin Park. I loved Linkin Park. So it wasn't the best genre. It wasn't. It wasn't oh, the best time for yeah. music. Just a bunch of Adidas tracksuits, white guys with dreadlocks. I would have thought you'd like Limpix. I was really into new metal. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were. I was. Yeah, but it was oh, my, right. it was my generation, and like. Looking back now... I thought for a second you were dissing it. As I am dissing thing. it. So it was awful, yeah. But you loved it. At the time. But oh, now, you, now you don't like it. I would never listen to a, a Papa Roach track ever oh, again. Oh, please. I've recently listened to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was playing on that. The fact that there was this 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 sub-genre of metal called New Metal, N-U. Oh, right. And he's, he jokingly said, well, we're not shoegaze, we're new gays. But the thing is, after after my vitriol... There then became this this revival of kind of melodic shoegaze called New Gaze. And Som Wardner was really given the, the title of, well, you coined this term, and My Vitriol were the love first it. band to, to come up with New Gaze music. Love it, love yeah. it. Oh, nice one. So he really offici officially created a new Absolutely, yeah. genre. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, If that's you were to, amazing. It, You know, I, I use a lot of terms to describe their music, but but really, you can say their music is new gaze because that's, you know, he said it as a joke, 
But then a lot of bands after that have consciously gone, we're making new gays music. And this is the thing. I mean, they, they must have su successful enough for, for that to, you know, stick. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of a little bit like, oh, man, they should have been bigger. But at the same time, I think you're right. They really didn't care about uh, money and they really didn't care about fame. They just wanted to be appreciated of the music that they're mm. doing. Yeah, well, I mean, It's Secret Sessions was... So Secret Sessions was funded through Pledge Music, which is a Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter right. crowdfunder, right. which they started in 2013 or something, I think. They released that in 2016, self-produced, um, self-released. Yeah, they funded wow. it via, via a Kickstarter. So there's no label involved. Yeah, see. And since then, yeah, no, nothing has been released. In in interviews immediately after Secret Sessions release, some was talking about we're working on new material, but since then nothing has surfaced. I, I really hope he continues. Like I, I do really hope that he I continues. I really hope so too. But um, at the same time, I guess they they do whatever they you know whatever they're happy to yeah. do. And and that's the crazy thing. How I can't see that Som is doing anything other than my vitriol, and. Uh, I hope he listens to this episode, and if he does, and if he is doing stuff other than my vitriol, then please let us know. But I don't think he is, so th that's been that's been supporting him at least. I know Ravi's played in a few different bands over the years. I don't know what Carolyn did when she, when she left um, my vitriol, and Seth is still Seth is still around. But yeah, I, I mean, it's been supporting at least some for the, for the last 22 years. Well, I don't want to say too much because it has something to do with question five. Mm. But, I mean, they are very, very intelligent guys, you know. I mean, they, they are have, very intelligent guys. They're yeah. very, you know, they have been studying at the UCL. They studied at UCL. Both Ravi and Song both yeah, studied just... biochemistry or... Oh, man. Okay, let's wait. Stop. Wait, my <laughs> question five. <laughs> okay, hold on. Wait. Question five. Song and Ravi met at the UCL in 1998. <laughs> What course did they study? Both of them. Okay. Well, I've already guessed it. Have I got it wrong? No, well, you have to tell me which one. What and I what? think they studied biochemistry. One of them was studying biochemistry. Is and, that correct? And the other one? I'm not going to say anything. Well, have I got a half point? Well, you have to say which person. You're correct. Yes, you're I, correct. I think Ravi was studying biochemistry. That's correct, yeah. And well, Som then. was studying a, a something else, something else biology-based. Um, uh, okay. Does it, begin, give does it begin with the term? Does it begin with f? No. Does it begin with b? No. It's not fair. It's on, medical, isn't it? It's not it? fair on some because Ravi, you know Ravi's, but not some. Biochemistry, it's medical, isn't it? It's definitely something medical. Should I tell you? Yeah. Genetics. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was but, not, that wasn't hard to remember. I should have remembered that. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, I don't know if I should give you the point. Yeah. And they completed, they completed their half, studies. Half a point, you get a half a point. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and this is what, this is what I wanted to say is, I mean, they are such intelligent people and they went back to studying, right? After... They went back to studying after... Um, so, you're saying that they only did my vitriol afterwards? I mean, yeah, which is I mean, great. May, yes, maybe which he's working. Great. Maybe he's working on the side. I don't know. Maybe, don't know. yeah. Maybe, maybe he's, they're doing both. Like, whatever they please, whatever pleases them, which is great. I should tell the listener who doesn't know my vitriol that well, I really believe Son Wardner is such a... Here we go. Here we go. He's such a virtuoso, a real artist. He really is. The, the one thing that stands out, you know, he was studying not music. He was okay. studying, as we've learned, genetics. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I don't know and how well he universe? did. Maybe, yeah. maybe he failed. I don't know. But um, I don't he was studying so. genetics. He had been in some bands 
prior to, uh, it had been the Bengal shock syndrome immediately prior to, to my vitriol, but him and Ravi created this five track demo and all the tracks from that demo, Delusions of Grandeur, went on to find lines in in one form or another, you know, they evolved. Yeah, yeah. But the songwriting was was fantastic. And, and is it all a song? Uh, and Ravi was on Delusions oh, both of Grandeur. Of yeah. oh, no, the I mean like the songwriting. It's yeah. some, yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's something, you know, it would be great to get get him on the podcast and talk to him about this because I'd love to know the songwriting process because yes, some is credited for for songwriting for pretty much everything. Um, that's that's really imp- impressive. Yeah. So and the thing with Fine Lines is for a debut album, it, it's so well crafted that the compositions are so well crafted and so clever and it's not you know it's on multiple levels. It really is yeah. throughout the album. There's multiple levels. It's not just the same thing. It's not just formulaic. It's not someone who is new to this. Yet at the same time, it was it was someone who was yeah. fairly new to it, but, but this... he was achieving so you know so much. And you know, musically, he's a he's a real multi instrumentalist. I know he um, composes a lot on piano. He plays piano. He plays oh, guitar really? phenomenally well. He sings beautifully. Yeah. Um, I didn't know yeah. that's uh, piano. That's. Well, good. Yeah. Well, that's very impressive. So yeah, I do gush over over some a bit, but um, yeah, you do. I think you really he's. Um, <laughs> I think I just think he's so massively underrated as an artist. But but at the same time, I don't think he'd have had it any other way. I mean, I want, I want more albums from them, but you know, you're never going to create recreate fine lines. Fine lines is a is a masterpiece in itself. It's not it's not a collection of tracks, and mm. well, we can talk about the, the other albums they release. So. When Fine Lines was released in the US, and then it was re-released here in the UK a couple of years later, uh, it came with a second CD called Between the Lines. Between the Lines was kind of marketed as B-sides and acoustics, but actually there's no acoustic tracks on it. There's some slower, quieter tracks, but they're not acoustic. They're still with electric guitar. Right. Um, and lots of B-sides. Loads of B-sides that we'd heard on the singles that had come out over the prior years. Tracks like Vapor Trails and Deadlines and... Um, a Madonna cover of Oh Father, which is amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, Madonna's Madonna's version of Oh Father is a wonder that was ever played on any radio station anywhere. It's awful. It's an awful, awful song. <laughs> but somehow, Son Wardner heard it and thought, I can make a song out of that. And they've made an amazing song out of it. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you never told me then. Yeah. Oh, you're going sh- to... Gonna... Yeah, I'll play you Oh Father, yeah. So on, on, that was a bit of a tangent there. So so that we had Between the Lines a few years later, and then in 2016 we had Secret Sessions. Now Between the Lines and Secret Sessions are both great albums, and I do listen to both of those. There was an EP in 20, 2007 as well called Pyrrhic Victory, um, which I don't listen to that much. But I do listen to Between the Lines and Secret Sessions a lot, but they're not amazing albums. There's great tracks on each of those, you know, in the same way that there's great tracks on... Led Zeppelin Four or or whatever, but Fine Lines is an album, you know, beginning you to know end what? is a whole if, piece. If if Fine Lines, if you weren't so in love with Fine Lines, if you would have listened to Between the uh, Lines mm. um, first and didn't know that Fine Lines existed, you would probably think that it's a great album. Looking at the tracks, I think it's but, again, it's another question for Som if I ever get him on the podcast. Is it, but I don't think that the same effort has gone into the the overall composition and the sequencing of the yeah, album. Yeah, but my point here is that you are so much comparing albums. You're so so in love with fine lines that you can't right, yeah. you know and that that is that is a bit sad as well because you say you you say that the songs of uh, between the lines are great. 
yet what you're missing what i'm hearing is that there is no not as much of a flow as the other album look look away from that you know you would have you probably looked at the, um, the album between the lines and think oh this is a great album yeah. uh, but I, I also just another um not a criticism but just you know because i don't have a lot of criticisms of fine lines i'm very fair with music but i don't have many criticisms of it at all but i do with yeah. the other like with secret sessions for example you know ravi is such a such an important part of of their music he's such a great drummer such a powerful drummer uh secret sessions the drum sound i don't know why but it sounds a lot more processed and it takes oh, something right. away from it a little bit i don't know i don't know why that is but and also with song's voice because again because he's a bit older now and he's not got that same youthful naivety that he had uh in 2000 but secret sessions it's got some great songs on it but the production is is slightly slightly over processed for me a little right. bit right um, but they 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 did it themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. all self-produced by, um, by someone. Right. I guess they had a massive team behind them when they did Fine Lines, no? A they, massive... had a, they had a massive team behind well, them with Fine go. Lines. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So that's, that makes a difference. Yeah, it was produced by Chris Sheldon, who produced Colour in the Shape by the Foo Fighters. I mean, so much more as well, but uh, I mean, they really pulled out the big guns for Fine Lines. The, the label thought, you know, these, this is the next big thing. We're, we're giving you everything. You know about Foo Fighters, I, I read quite a few reviews and there's always Foo Fighter com comparison, but... I've seen, yeah, I've seen a lot of comparisons. But I, I, I can't see it, I'm sorry, I, I cannot see it. Hmm. I, I generally... I think, generally I think with the pops, I think, I think with more of the pop songs, like Gentle Art of Choking, Grounded, Always Your Way, similar to some of the some of the popular tracks Foo Fighters. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I think, I think you can definitely get some of the bands that you hear in Fine Lines... My Bloody Valentine, definitely. Um, towards the later tracks, potentially a bit of The Cure. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, not... Yeah, I do, I do see the see the Foo Fighters comparisons. Right, right. Um, That's such a shame. But they sound like my vitriol. Yeah, I think so too. But, well, what do I know? I don't know anything about music. <laughs> so no. I just, yeah. You smashed it. Well, you didn't. How many points did I get? You didn't smash it. Two, two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. No, I never. Uh, give, I never give anyone half points. I, I oh, you never do. No, so I got two points. Two out of five. <gasps> what does that make me? Definitely not a super fan. It's fine. Yeah. I, I know. I know my love for for the album and. I know as well. My love for for my vitriol and my vitriol now as well. All right. Good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm Thank glad. you. Thank you for being a wonderful uh, quiz master. Pleasure. Pleasure. Okay, great. Thank you, my beloved wife, for being a part of that. Thank you for having me. You're you very well behaved and we might have you back again. <laughs> okay, so feedback this week. Um, only got one bit of feedback. Scam King on Twitter, in response to the last interlude, said, Kesha made a bra out of teeth? I did not know this. I feel I would have been better not knowing, but it was just one of just a few interesting stand stories in this episode. Thank you, Scam King. The episode was called Superfans Gone Wild. Oh, I see. And Kesha. Oh, yes. Made a bra out of teeth. You'll have to listen to the episode. I'm not going to go into the story. You have to listen to it. Oh, fine. <laughs> no, I will listen to it. <laughs> it's vile. It yes. is vile. And uh, I still haven't found a photo of her uh, tooth bra. I, I can oh, show wow. you a photo later of her tooth headdress. She made a headdress out of teeth. Oh, my God. I'll show you a photo of that. Nice. Yeah. 
If you have any feedback for us or you just want to get in touch to say hi or give us a recommendation for a future episode, you can email us on superfancast at outlook.com. You can find us on Twitter at superfancast1, on Facebook at superfancast. And that is that. That's a wrap for another episode. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to you joining us again in a couple of weeks for the next deep dive, which is going to be... Imogen Heath. That's right. Stay safe, everybody. Keep rocking. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.